Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Wednesday Night Wallop Season 5, Episode 5. Ryland Turner here, and I'm joined by Jack London once again. Jack, welcome back to the show. Uh, you are making quite a name for yourself on this program lately. I know, man. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in good company. I'm in the place to be. I'm excited. Wednesday night, pro wrestling. Wednesday night wallop. Let's do it. Absolutely. Well, we're very happy to have you back. Kyle is off this week celebrating his brother's birthday. Uh, he should be back in the next co- in the few coming weeks. We do have our Wednesday Night Rewind to do this month, so expect him back sooner rather than later. But Jack, you're the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. Let's do it. Wednesday Night Wallop starts every week. <laughs> Wednesday Night Wallop start- starts every week the same way. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for the Wednesday Night Roundup. It's a Wednesday night roundup. All right, we've got we're going to blast through this news this week. Uh, it's mostly negative news, unfortunately, but this is covering pro wrestling. Uh, Jerry Lawler is recovering from a stroke. It's uh, Jr. put out a statement saying that he did talk to him and he could understand him, which is a positive thing. And it's being said that he is going to recover fully with rehabilitation. Uh, Jack, thoughts on Jerry Lawler? That's awesome, man. You know, as we're getting older, you know, a lot of the people that we grew up with, you see them age out and, you know, Jerry Lawler's one of those guys, man. I I still enjoy him. Dad jokes and all. So, yeah, speedy recovery, Jerry. Come on back to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Our thoughts are with him. Uh, Lanny Poffo passed away last week. uh, And I think just after we recorded... uh, Wednesday Night Wallop last week that it was announced. Uh, this is a guy who, well, I did not grow up on his character. A lot of people held this guy in a very high regard. He was the genius. Um, he was Randy Savage's brother. Um, uh, very closely tied to uh, Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect in that era. Um, I guess in the late 80s, early 90s. Do you have any Lani Poffo, the genius memories? Yeah, I mean, you know, I always thought his his poetry uh, was, you know, a little campy and funny, but but I, I think he was a he was a great character, and just being Macho Man's brother, like he had to be like the complete opposite. Otherwise, you'd have just put him in that Macho Man vein, and he was different enough to where you know you didn't confuse the two. So yeah, man, R.I.P. to the genius. Absolutely, our thoughts are with him or with his family. In this very difficult time, uh, Alexa Bliss is going to be taking some time off television, uh, according to reports. Uh, it feels like we just got her back, and she's uh, she's back on the uh, they're not I guess not the injured reserve, but she's taking some time away. What are your thoughts, considering that? I mean, you reviewed the Royal Rumble with us, so they didn't really write her off television. In fact, it looked like they were furthering a story, and apparently they knew that she was taking time off post-Royal Rumble. So what, what's your thought process here with Alexa Bliss? She seems, as of late, man, it just seems kind of uninspired, as if, you know, maybe the... The the shoddy booking and the is she doing the you know the the braid demonic gimmick is she like just it, they don't really give you enough to feel anyway and then when you watch the matches it just sometimes it just it's coming off as just like she's going through the motions so sometimes I think the best thing you can do rather than just keep coming out and just keep you know kind of toiling in the middle 
disappear for a minute and you know get a reset and come back you know give people a fresh chance to look at you when you get back and hopefully that uh comes out for the best for absolutely absolutely uh one bit of news i didn't mention to you beforehand was wwe 2k has released that they are going to be obviously including some nxt stars in the newest edition of the game coming out in a few weeks uh, Braun Breaker, Grayson Waller, Carmelo Hayes, uh, Roxanne Perez, Cora Jade, uh, and oh, there was one more. There was one more. Nikita Lyons are all going to be featured in this game. Uh, are you a big gamer, Jack? Like, are these games important to you anymore, or are you more of like a gamer from the past? Yeah, kind of from the past. I, uh, after a while, like, uh, you know, when I, I got the PlayStation, I think the four when it first came out and then eventually they stopped making games for it and i didn't switch over to the five so i'm like so behind but i have been checking the game out and seeing the you know the cena mode and all of that and putting those nxt stars on it man like and i know this isn't the nxt show but but just watching that last uh, it's not called takeover uh whatever whatever the last uh paper pay-per-view live event was from nxt it was fantastic it was better than it had any right to be <laughs> so yeah no that's a positive thing with getting those uh, young stars on the game that's great yeah i'm i'm excited to play as Braun breaker carmelo hayes has been one just a revelation in that brand and he has uh certainly solidified himself a spot on the main roster when he's ready or when they deem him ready i think he's ready now personally but uh maybe we get trick williams with him but we'll see we'll see with all that being said, I think that's pretty much the news of the week. We're keeping it short because it's time for dinner before dynamite. Yeah. Now, Jack, you outdid yourself, so I'm going to let you go last. I made myself some fried dumplings. I fried them in butter, seasoned them real nice. I also made a basil pesto macaroni to go along oh, yeah. with it. Um, it was great. Don't get me wrong, but God damn, Jack, you really you went out of your way to make this segment special this week. Why don't you tell the fine folks what you ate while you were watching Dynamite? Yeah, man, I, uh, I really got into the theme. I really got into the spirit of it. So I made a dynamite diamond duck hash with an orange marmalade glaze and a poached egg that was finished with the salt of the earth because MJF is better than you and you know it. <laughs> yeah, I've been working on it all day. Just <laughs> I, I love it. Yes, it's fantastic. Love it. I- it looked fantastic. I'm going to include a photo and a video with the uh, the link to this episode just so everyone can get a good look at the immaculate dinner before dynamite that Jack had. Uh, thank you so much for going out of your way for that. I think that that was fantastic. Kyle is he is going to be very disappointed he missed this show this week. Just so he, I, I left that in our, our Wednesday night wall of group chat. So he's going to see that in about three days and be like, "What did I miss?" And you know what? Like my two greatest loves. I tell people this all the time: food and pro wrestling. So whenever I can put them together. My life is so sweet. So you've got to know how excited I was to be a part of that this evening. Uh, Duck is one of my favorite foods that I never get to eat because I am just so, so very broke. 
Um, I do have a story, though. Uh, so okay. myself and my best friend, when I lived in Winnipeg, uh, I worked at a fine dining restaurant. That was my introduction to kit, uh, food life and to working in a kitchen was uh, for seven and a half years. I worked fine dining um, and I just so happened to get all of my friends jobs at this restaurant. So it kind of turned into my little clubhouse of hanging out with all my buddies 24 hours a day. We were all working together, whether we were in the dish pit, whether we were, were online, uh, working appetizers, working desserts. It didn't matter. We were all together all the time. Um, and myself and my best friend, uh, we grew up, you know, pretty humble. Like we weren't having duck. We weren't, we weren't, we weren't having duck on a, on a Sunday night for dinner with our families. No. So there was one, uh, Christmas party in particular. We, we had gone over to the, the hotel that was just beside our restaurant and, uh, they served medium duck, uh, medium <laughs> duck breast. And every single rich hoity toity person that worked at that restaurant was like, Oh, they're serving it raw. This is disgusting. Well, me and my buddy, we just mucked that right up. We mucked it. We we, we were eating like we were never going to eat again. We we're like, what do you mean disgusting? This is the best meal I've ever fucking had in my life. <laughs> and a lot great. of people don't realize that a lot of people don't realize you can eat duck under well done. And you should. And you should. Yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way, especially especially for the for the breast. Like, yeah, you don't you don't pay good money to uh, get a hockey puck. So I no. I think Doug gets a bad rap from from people that had it like before before people really learned about scoring the skin and uh, releasing all of the fat. So it gets a bad rap. So a lot of people think it's greasy, and it's really not if you know how to work with it. So no, man, uh, uh, my my tribute to you. Because I'm definitely coming out your way, hopefully soon. And when I do, we are going to have some duck, my friend. I'm, oh, oh, I'm so excited for that. It's going to be yes. tremendous. Um, with all that being said, that ends the Dinner Before Dynamite segment of our show. Uh, this is moving by pretty quick. So we are going to get right into the Wednesday Night Rundown. I'm going to try and do this as fast as Kyle does, but it's going to take some time. I'm not used to being the guy in charge here. So very, very, very quickly, uh, MJF defeated Takeshita in quite the match. We'll talk about later. Um, Jamie Hayter defeated the Bunny in a AW Women's World title eliminator match, which was... Uh, well, we'll talk about that later, too. Uh, Garcia and Guevara gauntlet match. Ricky Starks uh, did not complete the or did not run the gauntlet. He did go over uh, Angelo Parker and Daddy Magic himself, uh, but he was taken down by Daniel Garcia after some ch chicanery from Chris Jericho in the crowd with a lucha mask. Um, Danielson or Brian Danielson went over Roosh in quite the bloodbath of a match. Uh, an AEW uh, trios championship match. The Elite went over AR Fox and Top Flight, and which I think could only be described as uh, I think uh, GCW has a uh, over the top rope battle royale called the Clusterfuck. This was that match. And of course, the AEW World Tag Team Championships were on the line in the main event. The Guns defeated the Acclaimed to become the new AEW World Tag Team Champions. This podcast is brought to you by Spear King, literally. 
our producer, RJ, has decided to branch out and brand himself, and we couldn't be more excited to hear that. If you've been with Wednesday Night Wallop from the beginning, you will hear that the production has since improved tenfold, and that's all thanks to Spear King. RJ has worked tediously to hone his production skills, from the opening song, to the tidbits of music sprinkled throughout, and the editing of the podcast in its entirety. Spear King puts a royal effort into your product. I know for a fact that we wouldn't have the professional sound that we do without his efforts. So please go support our producer in all of his future endeavors, and don't be afraid to reach out about something you're interested in RJ getting his hands on. That's Spear King Co. on Facebook, at spear.king.co on Instagram and at spearking music on TikTok. Spearking music, media, and production. Jack, we don't have top five lists this week, but we're going to run through. Let's run through each match that happened. Uh, if there's anything else that you wanted to talk about, um, feel free to interject at any point. Let's start with uh, MJF versus Takeshita. This was fantastic, I thought. MJF is proving more and more that his not wrestling every week thing makes him very, 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 very much so special because he really doesn't do much. He does. He's not a high flyer like the Young Bucks or or top flight or AR Fox. He, he's not, you know, your your bell to bell ring general like Kenny Omega. But he is like kind of a flavor from the past, but not one that I would think would be, you know, uh, or sorry, not one that I would think would be in the position he would be in, given what he does in the ring. But man, it's everything else. Uh, let's uh, outside of this match. He also cut a scathing promo in the back. Oh, my goodness. Talking about the girl he, he what, met at prom or something like that. Uh, this this stuff, uh, I, I don't I'm not going to try and repeat it, but it, it's it's well worth checking out. I would say, Jack, how do you feel about that one? I, I, you know, just starting with the match. Let let, let me MJF uh, better than you and you know it. <laughs> I will tell you this. MJF has more than delivered like i think he is probably one of the most complete wrestlers i've ever seen just for the simple fact that like the people that say ah well you know mjf is a talker you know the the in ring is is lacking like how do you how are you such a proficient talker uh to where you can go from Face to heel and, and keep people engaged. Um, you come out and you have this match with Takesha, and did I say it right? Takeshka to, 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 to take a shit, however they put that. But you have this match that there was spots when he did that backflip, landed on his feet, and just kept it going. It's like when somebody says, I'm better than you, and you know it, and then you see them do that. And then you see this match that makes sense. Everything makes sense. Everything happened for a reason. You look at the, the even the finish of the match. Like this match was beautiful from MJF and Takesha, who is, you know, to us and to me, definitely. I don't know a lot about him prior to AEW. And I'm watching this match and I'm like, this is a barn burner. So to go from that, to finish the match the way that he did, then to bloody him up 
once again the way that he did to stay heel and then to go in the back and cut the most shocking, most scathing piece of shit promo, for lack of a better term. It's like when 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 they say better than you and you know it, he proves it at the age of what, 24? <laughs> like I think he's 20, 26, but still <laughs> 26 like I turned 30 this <laughs> <laughs> that's great Man. yeah uh i again i i thought that this was a tremendous match uh he ended up going over to Kashta with uh the assault of the earth uh which uh, jack put all over his duck tonight um yes. i yes i i will i will say the spot that stood out to me the most was the clothesline off the top rope where mjf ended up doing the backflip landing on his feet that was just just amazing amazing work um yes. It just it, this match got about twenty minutes. It was just really, really good. I, I'd say I'd say this is probably. You know what? I'm going to give this one the match of the. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to give it the match of the night. But we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, let's talk about Jamie Hader and the Bunny. I'm going to start Jack. I thought this was kind of disappointing. Uh, again, now I now I don't know what it is with Tony Khan and putting the women in a terrible position television wise but you just have this barn burner as you mentioned with MJF and Takeshita and the, then Jamie Hayter and the Bunny have to try and follow up with something equally as tremendous and it just was never getting there they didn't get a lot of time it all seemed like it was kind of leading to the post-match stuff which saw, which saw Soraya and Tony Storm beat up Leva Bates like I said and Spray Painter I'm not. I'm really not happy with this 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 heel turn, face turn thing that they've done here. I thought it was really poor, and the finish to this match. Um, I mean, we could have a potential injury from the bunny, but it, it was not. It was not a good um, it, a match in general. What are your thoughts? So, um, yeah. So first off, even when they announced this match. There's just nothing about the bunny that has ever said, you know, <laughs> I want to watch this. So you get that. You know, I, I've become such a big fan of Jamie Hader. Jamie hits hard. I love it. And it she goes out and has some fantastic matches. I, I am new to Jamie Hader. First time I saw her was in AEW, so everything I'm, I'm I'm learning about her, you know, as she goes, and you know, this was uninspired. It didn't seem like I mean, the, this is what I would expect if you put anybody in the ring with the bunny. Like the bunny is just did, yeah. She, I mean, you don't want she. The bunny doesn't have it. <laughs> like there's nothing about the bunny that has ever made me want to see it and it's bad when the bunny can drag down Jamie Hayter who is having a hell of a hot streak and just transition I mean the match was really nothing to write home about like you know it was forgettable but even worse than the match was what came after <laughs> oh my god like when when I say change channel television you know I, I remember how everybody was about the whole dark order segment that ended with the phantom punches and i'm i'm watching like soraya came in with such fire and and tony storm like it, it seemed like it was going somewhere and out of nowhere they just 
pivot and they become heels and in the back with Leva just to to it was just it was all bad. The the delivery was bad. What they did was bad. The spray paint job was bad. Like there was no redeeming quality to what we saw tonight whatsoever. And this is a women's division that to me has slowly been dying a slow death because they're not getting the chance to go out and do some of the things that the men are doing. And maybe they are and they just aren't. But man, when I say uninspired, this was uninspired. Certainly. And and uh, like, again, as soon as I saw them coming out, I was like, you know, what's worse than 915 right after that <laughs> opening match? Right after that opening match. Um, Garcia and Guevara's gauntlet match. Ricky Starks did not go all the way. Like I said, he took out Daddy Magic. What's his name? What's his actual name? God. Uh, whatever. Daddy Magic. The guy who loves you his nipples. Makes his nipples hard. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. And Angelo Parker. Cool hand. Angelo Parker. God, I, uh, Matt Menard. Matt Menard is his name. I should know. These boys are French-Canadian boys. Um, he took them down, and then we had a bit of a weird segment where we had Daniel Garcia come out, but then Sammy Guevara came out. We didn't know which one was getting in the ring, and uh, it ended up being Garcia. They ended up having a, f- a fine match for about 10 minutes. Um, there was nothing super exciting about it, but at the same time, like there was nothing terrible about it, and it was getting somewhere. And then we had... Uh, Poor old Ricky Starks go out onto the into the onto the floor, and out of nowhere, an unnamed luchador just throws a Judas effect at his face. And I love the announcers trying to cover this up. It looked like a back elbow of some sort. Uh, and 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 of course, as soon as that said, Excalibur's like, "Come on, guys, we know who this is." And of course, we found out it was Chris Jericho in in lucha gear. And a scissor me daddy ass t-shirt and a foam finger. I I, I love the acclaimed gear. I, I love that he put on the acclaimed stuff. Um, what are you, what were your thoughts on this? I, I thought you know, and and me not you know, I was thinking about because I know the Jericho cruise just happened. So for whatever reason, I'm like, okay, well Jericho's not going to be here because he's on the Jericho cruise. Not even thinking that Sammy Guevara or some of the others were on the cruise. So I just didn't expect to see Jericho. But as soon as the Judas effect happened, like, okay, all right, that's where we're at. So, you know, I think it was a, a match that, that that anytime you're running a gauntlet, you know, you, you get a, a decent amount of time. Uh, you know, they had a few quick finishes. Uh, you know, I think it was it was decently booked. I, I'm I'm hoping it's it's going somewhere. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't offended by it at all. Certainly not. No, no, no. Uh, Brian Danielson against Roosh. Now, this started with Danielson being interviewed in his locker. And then all of a sudden, the locker door slams shut. And Danielson can't get out. Then we, we He starts to hear Roosh's music. Roosh comes out. Then MJF comes out with a with tape around his knee limping. And I don't know if I missed this, but like maybe, maybe I did. But uh, he had no injuries after that match. So he, he's definitely playing it up. Uh, coming down to the ring... Basically tells Aubrey after, uh, you know, sweet talking her as MJF would uh, to begin the count, which she does very slowly. At this point, we see (laughs) Brian Danielson, the hero that he is, smash his way through 
the uh, the door with his bad shoulder. Then it looks like that. Um, what is it? Van, what is it? Vance something or other? What's his name? He was. He was. was is it Preston 10. Vance? Preston he Vance. Had a new name now. Uh, I don't remember what it is. Uh, exactly. Uh, him and. And Jose, the assistant, looked like they're about to stop Danielson when Takeshita comes out of nowhere and just bombs both of them with this big body block. And then Danielson begins his way to the ring. He gets into the ring before the count of 10. And this match begins with Roosh just going to town on Danielson. The chops. Uh, Danielson was busted open pretty gruesomely in this match. Uh, and th- these guys had phenomenal time. Uh, they told a great story. MJF joint commentary, um, which I mean, of course, he's he's a terrible human being, so it was, you know, n- not a great way to you know uh, enjoy commentary. But uh, yeah, he's blood. Danielson's bloodied early. Basically, these two just go back and forth. And if Danielson wins this match, he has the match at Revolution for the Iron Man or in the Iron Man match with MJF. We all knew th- this was coming. Uh, but that's what happened. Danielson eventually got the Bisaiku knee on Roosh. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? Man, when I say they ripped it up, I think. I, so the, the the before match chicanery, uh, the, the 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 locking in. I don't I don't think that they did that portion of it. I mean, I understand what they were going for. Um, it just seems so weird. You know, you lock the door and, and not even a creative way to get out of the door. Just kind of just ran through the door, I guess. And the, so, I mean, I, I, I thought that was a little convoluted. But I know the story they were trying to tell was Brian going to make it to the ring. Well, once Brian made it to the ring, holy shit. <laughs> when, once he made it to the ring. Boy, they went, and, and, you know, I don't want to, it was a sprint, but a painful sprint, and they weren't pulling any punches, it, it, it's, I know there's a certain style, and it's, I guess it's frowned upon to put your, put your hands up from a chop, so you just let somebody just turn you in a ground beef, but I mean, just in every sense, like the just the head butts and the the kicks, like everything was stiff. Like I mean, they really ripped it up. I mean, what what can you say? I I will say this: there is a lot of blood on dynamite. I don't know if that is always good, just because the more it happens, the less it means. But geez, <laughs> they, Brian bled buckets <laughs> and he did it for the art, for the love of the game. They had a fantastic match, man. And I think Brian is just on that that tour. You know, for a long time, there was so much he wanted to do in WWE. He didn't get, he didn't get the opportunity to do some of the fun stuff. And now he's having his Daniel Bryan Wrestles the World Tour. And not only are you getting great matches, you're getting psychology and well thought out. And and Daniel Bryan is a student of the game. And boy, they both put on the clinic tonight. Um, Some of the moments uh, when MJF offered Tony Schiavone the money to leave the business. And Tony (laughs) Schiavone (laughs) retorted with, I take Venmo. (laughs) Man. 
Um, I thought this was tremendous. The post-match saw MJF come down to the ring, lock in the salt of the earth arm bar, and continue to do work on Danielson's shoulder. Uh, we're going to see him wrestle a one-hour match without an arm, I think. That's, I think, what we're getting to. He, he's either that or he's going to be fully healed come March 5th. But uh, either way, I'm excited for this. I think it's... This is what I'm hoping. This is... I, you're getting a one-hour match on this pay-per-view? I don't want 15 matches. I don't want fifth. There's unnecessary. We don't need a five-hour pay-per-view. No, not 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 at all. But, and and I, I think the novelty of it being the one hour. And and well, I know AEW is big on the, the championship ending the show, so I'm sure that's that's what's going to end the show. Man, yeah. yeah, I think that hour is something that we've seen. Uh, attempted to varying degrees. You go back to Brett and Sean and that, you know, and a lot of people thought it was a lot more epic than it was as time went on. And then you see other variations to do it. I'm excited to see Daniel Bryan being who Daniel Bryan is and getting the reins taken off to tell a one hour story with MJF, who is is as good as anybody else in this business. I think this match is going to steal the show. And I, man, <laughs> we are in a good place in 2023 as wrestling mm-hmm. fans. God bless. Absolutely. Speaking of being in a good place, the AW World Trios Championship match was next. The Elite versus AR Fox and Top Flight. Uh, I just said it earlier. This was a clusterfuck. Almost, I think, to a detriment. I feel like I love styles or matches with this style. I love the high flying stuff. I love the nonstop action. But you gotta sell some of this stuff, and nobody was selling anything in this match. I don't know how many times I saw a cutter where the guy just bounced back up and hit a super kick. Like I'm okay with that every once in a while, and I'm okay with that in certain matches. But like. This, they gave these guys quite a bit of time, like a good 15 minute block. Like, I just wish I saw some selling and I just, I don't know. I didn't, I, I know people are going to like this match and certainly like it, it went up to show the tremendous ability and athletic, um, or the athletic ability rather of both teams. But I just, I don't know. The elite obviously went over, um, but yeah, I just I wasn't as high on this match as I think a lot of people are going to be. What were your thoughts? I I think and, and I think you're absolutely right about the selling. Uh, I it's I, I think you know a lot of times they said stuff like Cody verse. You know when you when mentioning Cody and whatever Cody's doing, there is a young bucks elite verse, and it is disconnected from everything else. And to me. It's, you know, there is a reason why you don't eat ice cream for dinner. <laughs> although, <laughs> you got, although, although you can, but like if you leave a child to their own devices, that's what they're going to do. They're going to have gummy worms for breakfast, ice cream for dinner, and it's going to be the greatest day ever. And then they stomach hurt. And now they're sick trying to figure it out. To me, when I watch these matches with these fantastic athletes doing some of the most jaw-breaking beautiful stunts for a sprint of a match with no selling this is awesome 
the problem is it's not awesome because this is all they do. <laughs> like there, there, there are no in in AEW. In some instances, they do a good job of telling stories and long term stories, but it's just as if. The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega is like, hey, you can have ice cream whenever you want it. You don't have to uh, live in the rules of the rest of the world. So, yes, you can do a triple cartwheel drop kick and then he falls against the rope and you come right back with another one. But honestly, the, it, with it being disconnected from the story, that, there's a reason why FTR are as good as they are. And not just good as they are having a match with, you know, back in NXT or all their matches are so good because there is concise storytelling. Even if you look at when they lost that match to the Young Bucks because one of the members of FTR went for a move that they normally don't go for. That's a story that's telling a story and it's something that you can go back to. When there is no story in pro wrestling, it's just a stunt show. And although it's entertaining, uh, I'm ready for the next thing because it's just a stunt show. I, You know, you want to get invested in the characters and the story. There's no story when it's just acrobatics. So great acrobatics, no story. I would say uh, I could have did without this. I, I'm with you. I, you know what? I'm a big fan of Kenny Omega. I'm a big fan of the Young Bucks, and I like eating ice cream for dinner sometimes. You know, like certainly I'm okay with it. I, I'm here for um, their, you know, style. I'm here for the fact that it's different from everything else on the roster. But to that point, like, I just, again, I feel like this was a match I was really looking forward to, and I was really disappointed with it because I just felt like it left reality for a little bit and, like, too chaotic for me. Too much going on at once constantly. Like, again, I'm normally I'm here for it, but I just wasn't feeling it this week, and I really feel like it was kind of a, like, I, I could have done without it, like you said. I, I think when I when we think about like the best of seven series that, that they did with the with the death triangle, like I said, I watched every one of them matches and every match was exciting. They found a way to make each match different. But at the end of all of it, I didn't care about anything as much as, uh, you know, and I know we're not talking WWE, but if you look at what the bloodline we're doing, like uh, with all of the intricate storytelling from the eyes and in between the matches. So I watched seven matches that were entertaining. I felt nothing yet. And still I watch, you know, what the bloodline we're doing and I'm hanging on every breath of, Oh, is he going to, is he going to hit Sammy? Is Sammy going to hit him? Like that's the difference between ice cream for dinner when you want it and somebody being, you know, giving you a nice three course meal. You know, it's, it's although one of them may be a lot more exciting, a well-balanced three course meal makes the most sense most of the time. And then you have your day where you just go crazy and do whatever you want to do left to their own devices this is what we're gonna get from the young bucks and kenny it's gonna be disconnected but it's gonna be exciting as hell until it goes off that's true that's very very true and uh getting into the main event the aw world tag team championship match the guns beat the acclaimed now this was 
this was a fine match. I don't think it was anything special in particular, but um, I, 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 this one thing I will say, the guns sold really well. Um, one thing we didn't talk about in the news is that Dax Hardwood has pretty much put out a statement saying that the WWE is not necessarily the, a for sure destination for them just based on the fact that, number one, uh, he claims they weren't Triple H guys. Like, it's not like they were guys that were in particular, like, good graces with him constantly or like your your other NXT stars. Uh, and on top of that, Vince taking back control over there in one way, shape or form may completely and utterly change their mind about it. Just based on do you jump back over there knowing that he could take control of creative whenever the hell he wants and they're stuck exactly where they were all those years ago. Now, my thought process is you take the belt off the acclaimed because they're a hot act and you want to bring back FTR. I think at this point, they're, the guns are there to put those belts on FTR. I don't mind the acclaim taking the loss simply because they can stay a strong act and get a great match with the with FTR. But why don't we not have FTR take the belts off them and uh, risk having uh, having the fans turn on them? So I, I think, uh, no, you know, First off, to, to talk about the Dax podcast, I, I don't know how much of it you listen to. Um, man, the, uh, uh, he, he has so many antidotes and so many explanations for stuff that we've seen, you know, kind of trying to figure it out. Um, I think I think his podcast is, is excellent. I can see why a lot of wrestlers don't like it because it, it seems like it's honest enough to uh, not paint them in a positive light, which, I mean, we kind of know, and I mean, he doesn't have a, enough of a, I guess, enough of a reason to really have to lie about certain things. Um, look, from going from listening to that and thinking about FTR and then watching this, watching this match in particular, I just, I felt like there are times where AEW, I think they actively try to use tropes that would normally happen. And I know you know where I'm going to go with it. So like when you're looking at, you know, Billy Gunn's not supposed to come out, he's not going to be out. And all of a sudden you get Billy Gunn coming out and then you get the the, the spot where Billy's in the ring and it's, it's like an extended, what is Billy doing? Is he, and, and at any moment, anybody that is a wrestling fan is waiting. Okay, Billy's gonna turn on on you know he's gonna turn on him. Here we go, and then they don't do it. They have him on the outside of the ring. Now, still, I'm watching because I'm like, oh no, you know maybe he didn't really hit Billy that hard. You just you're expecting them to do the pro wrestling thing that pro wrestling does. And they gave you so many moments to be like, okay, this is going to be the moment where Billy does it. Okay, no, this will be the moment. And it never happened, even up until the end of the show. Like, once the title change, I'm like, okay. I expected the title change, honestly. I mean, when, when I knew this was going on last, I knew it was going to be a title change. I thought it was going to be pretty cut and, stri uh, cut and dry. I thought Billy was going to go ahead and, and, and turn and, and, you know, go back with his sons. But they subverted expectations to the very end. And then even watching the end of the match when they're just kind of in the ring, I'm like, okay, somebody's going to turn on somebody uh, now. OK, 
okay now. And it's they just stand there and it goes off. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, they subverted a lot of expectations. They put the belts on the guns. If this is a call to get FTR back in, I think it's a good move. But it does not seem like FTR has a, a good relationship with Tony Khan. And, and we got a chance to see a lot of that. And we saw that in WWE, they didn't have the best relationship. I don't know what's behind that. Uh, to me, they're fantastic wrestlers. Maybe they're divas behind the, the screens. I don't know. But uh, I just, I, 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 I'm all for the title change. I just, I'm trying to figure out where they're going. And maybe in some ways that's good. And we don't know where they're going. But I mean, I was... It's a little, uh, it, it was it was a weird anticlimactic ending because I guess I was waiting on another shooter drop and it never did. Right. Yeah. Certainly. Like like I said. Like I. I uh, th- anything could happen at this moment, and and certainly the crowd was not happy with this. Um. This was. Uh, this was something that, again, I, 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 I agree with you. Once I knew it was going on last, I had a feeling that they were they were taking the, the belts off the acclaimed. Um, it just seems so quick, you know, since their, their title win. But at the same time, if the story you're telling is you want to get the belts off them. So they do, again, I think considering that the guns retired FTR, it makes the most sense. But. I also don't feel like you necessarily needed the belts. I don't know. We'll see where this goes. This was kind of like a, a dynamite for me that had uh, some um, very, very high highs. But the lows for me were enough that I think I might give this dynamite a two out of five. Uh, that's a, I think that maybe the lowest score I've ever given dynamite. I'm giving it a two based on I love the Takeshita match. I really love the Danielson match, but everything else on the card just kind of was there. Uh, I was not a fan of the of the trios match. Uh, the the titles being taken off the acclaimed was is a decision. I'm not sure if it's a good one. I'm not sure if it's a bad one, but it was that. What, what were your overall thoughts on the show and what do you grade it? Um. So I I, I often think that uh tony tony khan as as a booker there's a lot of tropes that you see you can tell how much of a wrestling fan tony khan is when you when you watch his product um you can also tell the the difference between vince mcmahon who was the ruler and the guy that you know he he knows all he says all he sees all and Tony Khan wanting to go the complete opposite way, like, hey, you guys can pitch your own matches, and hey, you do, you cut your promos, and we're not going to script them, like all of that stuff. And it, I think in some ways that leads to how we feel about this show tonight, because honestly, for us to have gotten uh, at least three very good matches. <laughs> And still end up in around two, two and a half, because I think that's about where I'm at too. That I think that is an indictment on a on a lot of stuff. Because the majority, I think if we uh break down the wrestling, it was a lot better wrestling on the show than not good wrestling. But the not good wrestling, um, 
it just it, it didn't it didn't fill you with anything. You're watching that trios match, and it's like it, 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 it and from a commentary standpoint, and I don't know if this jumped out to you. Nothing is worse than a watch commentary trying to convince you that a match is about to end when nobody knows it. Like I'm watching and Taz, oh my God, I cannot believe they just took the belts off the elite. And I'm like, no, they're not. Uh, all of all of that, it's almost like like the reverse psychology. Oh, the belts changed hands. No, they didn't. They didn't change hands the other seven times you said it either. So it's just it's yeah. I'm I'm low on this show as well. Which but when you look at a show with this much good wrestling, the fact that we can still end up in this low place is an indictment on some of the Tony Khanisms. So there were things about Vince that, that we all hated. You couldn't win in, in the city you, you live in and all of the weird stuff that Vince did. And Tony does some weird stuff, too. And I think the majority of the weird stuff is letting people do what it is they want to do. <laughs> Man, everybody's going to blade. Everybody's going to no sell because it's, hey, it's, you know. It's wrestling. <laughs> so, what can I say? Yeah, I'm at about two, two and a half myself. Okay, all right. Well, Jack, I want to say again, I threw up the bat signal for you, and you showed up, you showed out, you broke out the new uh, AirPods for this bad boy, uh, and I appreciate you coming on uh, in in lieu of Kyle being able to uh, be on the show this week. Um, I, before we get into the uh, socials and stuff like that, I just want to let everybody know that Ryland's Morning Sports Report season finale has dropped. It's four straight hours of myself, Kyle Joseph, and his younger brother Christian, our NFL correspondent, breaking down every single team in the NFL and how they performed in the 2022-2023 season. Um, and then, of course, Super Bowl Sunday, uh, we will have the second half of the season finale, the Super Bowl preview show with myself and Christian Joseph breaking down the playoffs that were and talking about the Eagles and Kansas City. Who do you got on Super Bowl Sunday, Jack? I'm going with Kansas City, man. I like Priest Holmes. But honestly, too. you know what I'm a fan of? I'm a fan of the Super Bowl commercials and the halftime show. Yes, I'm that yes. guy. Yeah. I uh, hey, you know what, man? We're getting Rihanna this year, so let's get let's go. Let's go. Woo! <laughs> all right, all right. Uh also on the network, we will have a review or a Wednesday night rewind this month with Royal Rumble Pool winner Vince Delgado. We're gonna be talking about Money in the Bank 2011 from his hometown of Chicago. So yeah, we're, we're excited to talk about that. This is Kyle's first experience with CM Punk in WWE, and it's arguably his biggest moment with with uh, yes. CM, with WWE, winning the title from John Cena and going home. Um, on top of that, we have a new series that has debuted on the network, Drive to Rewind, where Kyle and I sit down and, t and break down um, season, or I guess the first two episodes will be season one, two, and uh, three and four, respectively, of Drive to Survive, the Netflix document docu-series that documents 
the life of an F1 racer, the teams, all the drama behind the scenes. And if you like pro wrestling, you'll probably like this docuseries. It's, it's got some pro wrestling vibes in it. And Kyle mentions that in the first episode that has dropped. You could expect, uh, episode two to drop next week. And, uh, once season five debuts on Netflix at the end of the month, Kyle and I will be going episode per episode and bringing on some special guests, I'm sure, to talk all about this new season of Drive to Survive. So stay tuned for that. Oh, trying to think, was there anything else? No, I think we're good. I think we're good. Jack, why don't you tell the fine folks who listen to this podcast where they can find you on social media? So fine folks that listen to the podcast, Chef Jack London at Instagram and also on Facebook. And uh, and, and this is this is news to you, but I'm about to drop it. So I am launching a TikTok channel. And one of so that I'm I'm doing something this that for one of my first videos is going to be about alternative wings that people can have for the Super Bowl. So it'll be different than the Buffalo and all of the stuff this this that everybody does to death. So it'll be five different wings, and one of the wing flavors is dedicated to the Wednesday night wallop. <laughs> so you're hearing it here oh. first. Yes, so that will be coming out, and I will make sure you get a chance to see that. There will be a nod to the Wednesday Night Wallop in this wing collection, and I'm really excited about it. We are very excited about that. We are gonna, we'll, we'll leave your TikTok, uh, um, account, or I guess your, whatever your TikTok thing is, uh, account or whatever, we'll leave the follow, uh, in our, um, description of the podcast so people can go check that out. Certainly, uh, if you want to find any of the podcasts that are on our network, you can find us on social media at WN Wallop on Twitter, WN Wallop on, uh, Instagram, uh, and Wednesday Night Wallop on Facebook. Look for myself and Kyle Joseph's name. If you find black and gold, that's where we're at. Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify, Deezer, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. We're working on Apple. It's 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 going to come soon. We're 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 breaking through to the other side with Apple. Um, with all that being said, Jack, that once again, thank you for joining us on this podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, you have been walloped. <laughs> You have been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.